Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled, Soul Soul, Why Persecutest Thou Me? It shall be focused on a study of Acts chapter 22. Before we go any further, we begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for the power of Your election. How, Lord, no matter what Saul had done, He was was Your child anyway. And how, Father, at the opportune time and at the appointed time, You went and You visited him. And, Lord, You turned his heart from fighting against the Christian to, Lord, being one of the greatest evangelists that's ever lived. We pray, Father, may... May your election stand sure yet today and rescue our brothers, sisters, and any that have not known you yet that are ordained to salvation. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Acts chapter 22. Chapter 22. Men, brethren, and fathers, hear ye my defense which I make now unto you. And when they heard that he spake in the Hebrew tongue to them, they kept the more silence, and he saith, I am verily a man, which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God, as ye all are this day. And I persecuted this way, unto the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women, as also the high priest doth bear me witness, and all the estate of the elders, from whom also I received letters unto the brethren, and went to Damascus, to bring them which were there bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished. And it came to pass that as I made my journey and was come nigh unto Damascus about noon, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me, and I fell onto the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. And they that were with me saw indeed the light, and were afraid. But they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, Arise, and go into Damascus, and there it shall be told thee of all things which are appointed for thee to do. And when I could not see for the glory of that light being led by the hand of them that were with me, I came into Damascus. And one Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there, came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And the same hour I looked up upon him. And he said, The God of our fathers hath chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will, and see that just one, and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. 
For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. And now, why tarriest thou? Arise, and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And it came to pass that when I was come again to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance, and saw him saying unto me, Make haste, and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. And I said, Lord, they know that I imprisoned and beat in every synagogue them that believed on thee. And when the blood of thy martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and consenting unto his death and kept the raiment of them that slew him. And he said unto me, Depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. And they gave him audience unto this word, and then lifted up their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for it is not fit that he should live. And as they cried out and cast off their clothes and threw dust into the air, the chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and bade that he should be examined by scourging, that he might know wherefore they cried so against him. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman? and uncondemned. When the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain, saying, Take heed what thou doest, for this man is a Roman. Then the chief captain came and said unto him, Tell me, art thou a Roman? He said, Yea. And the chief captain answered, With a great sum obtained I this freedom. And Paul said, But I was free born. Then straightway they departed from him which should have examined him. And the chief captain also was afraid, after he knew that he was a Roman, and because he had bound him. On the morrow, because he would have known the certainty wherefore he was accused of the Jews, he loosed him from his bands, and commanded the chief priests and all their council to appear, and brought Paul down, and set him before them. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham, titled, Investments. This was preached in 1963, on November the 16th, We'll begin at paragraph 117 up to the end. Let's investigate just a, another person or two. Let's take Luke 24, 49. The disciples had believed on the Lord Jesus. And now it was time of the promise was drawing nigh. And so Jesus told his disciples, policyholders, that they were going to draw a dividend on this. But they must wait at the city of Jerusalem until he went to headquarters and sent it back to them, to the check return. He was going up, he's signing it in his own blood, and he is ascending up to send back their dividends, but to wait for their dividends. Now, I didn't say wait five minutes and be discouraged. If you've got faith in who's talking to you, God talking to you, he said, stay until, how long? A week, ten days, five days, whatever it was, until you receive this remuneration. Until the dividends. For behold, I'll send the promise of my Father upon you. But wait at the city of Jerusalem until you receive it. Until you're, you're endued with the dividends from on high for your policy of believing on me. Oh, you Baptists, you Methodists, you Presbyterians. I don't want to get excited, but this is enough to make somebody excited. Why don't you wait there? You're a policy holder, but there's dividends on this. 
Paul said in Acts 19 to those Baptist people, I'm Baptist myself, I'm a Pentecostal Baptist. So they said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Uh, we're taught we receive the Holy Ghost when we believe. But he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said, we know not we any Holy Ghost. He said, then to what was you baptized? They said, we already been baptized. He said, that won't hold up anymore. And when they heard this, they was to believe on Jesus that was to come. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Paul laid his hands upon them and the Holy Ghost came upon them. And they spoke in tongues and magnified God. Paul said also uh, uh, over in another chapter, uh, he said, if, if an angel from heaven preaches any other gospel than this that you heard me preach, let him be a curse where it's a bishop, cardinal, whatever it might be. Yes. If an angel from heaven, let alone a cardinal or a bishop or a preacher, that preach any other than this policy of eternal life through Jesus Christ, let him be a curse. You said, Brother Bram, you're getting beside. I know right where I am. I'm not lost. I know right where I am. I may be excited, but as I said here another night, someone said, you're going crazy. I said, well, just let me alone. I feel better this way than I did the other way. So I, I, I had life. Because it's life. It's foolishness to the world, but to me it's grand. I'm saved where I wasn't saved. I now have the resurrection of Christ in me. And there's many other here, brethren, who know that truth. You have it in you. The resurrection. Yes, they went up, these policyholders, to draw dividends. Oh, my ministering brethren, let's do that this morning. Let's draw dividends now. The promise, Peter said on the day of Pentecost, the promise isn't to you and to your children. And to them it's far off the Gentiles. Listen closely, brethren. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call, and he's sure to call everyone who has their name on the Lamb's book of life. The dividends is for all. Yes, for you and your children to them, it's far off. And the interest on the policy was paid off on the day of Pentecost. Now, the rich young Paul met the same one, for he remained the same after his death. He's still the same. Saul of Tarsus, a well-scholared man, scholarly man, pardon me, and he, um, he was a fine man. He had been taught by Gamaliel, the great Hebrew teacher. His parents were rich. Paul was kind of a rich man. He could speak in many languages. He had an education. His ambition was to be a, a lawyer, one of the lawyers, or a priest or something, in the, uh, or a lawyer, rather, in his church. Smart. He knew the word. He was rich. And he had his ambitions. When he heard that bunch of carrying on noise and screaming and speaking with tongues, and well, he thought that's ridiculous. To the society of Jerusalem, that ought to be stopped. So he got letters from the high priest. He, he went around making havoc of the church. So he went into the cardinal or the bishop or whatever you want to call him, the high priest, and got a letter from him, placed it within his possession, and went down to Damascus. But you see... The church seems to have all the authority with the keys to the kingdom and everything. And they had chosen Matthias to take a Judas's place. But look what a foolish choice man can make. There's not a thing he ever done. He might have been a good man. No doubt he was a good man. No doubt he was a humble servant of Christ. But you see, that don't always spell God's choosing. God chose a little critic of the church. A little 
Jew, the hook nose, and enough temper to fight a buzzsaw, and he was there. He was on his road down. He's going down and rest them holy rollers. He'll put them in chains. He'll bind them. He's got authorities from his bishop. He's going to do it. And about eleven o'clock one day, he was stricken down with a paper in his hand, and he looked up and he saw a pillar of fire. You know, he, he had to recognize that Paul no better than to worship idols or evil spirits. But being a Jew, he knew that that pillar of fire was the same pillar of fire that led his people out of Egypt. And here it was, when Jesus was on earth, he said, I came from God, I go to God. After his death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension, here he was back to God again, the pillar of fire. And he said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? you got a paper in your hand, you're a great man. You come from a certain organization, the most staunch organization and, and honored organization in the country. you got a paper in your hand, but you're doing wrong. Why are you persecuting me? What's this Jew say? Lord? <laughs> you know who it was. There you are, the same pillar of fire that led Moses and talked. He had never had the opportunity of ever seeing Jesus. So he said, Lord, who are you that I'm persecuting? And he said, I'm Jesus. There on his back, you know, he, he tore up the paper. And he said, what can I do? He said, I got a prophet down there, and his name is Ananias. Now, you go down the street, call straight, he'll tell you what to do. So the Lord spoke to Ananias to come up, said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus had appeared to you in a way and wanted you to take out this policy. I come to deliver it to you by laying my hands up on you. He was a changed man. What's the difference? What the... See, after Paul had seen the clear vindication that this was no other person but the same person, God in Christ was the same person. It wasn't some foolishness because he saw that the Word was the pillar of fire had been made flesh to redeem, and here it was back to the pillar of fire again, that God in Christ was the same person. And here he is, and back as the Holy Spirit now called, because he'd been upon a man. He saw it clearly identified, and had been vindicated. Lord, what will you have me to do? What must I do? Now remember, that was a religious man, and a businessman. What will you have me to do? What a difference there was between the young businessman, rich, and this other young fellow, Saul, one of the price was too great. What do you say? Paul didn't have nothing to give up. He had his church, his brethren. He was a fugitive from the church after that. He had to run and finally his own church took his life. They killed him. And we find out persecuted from city to city and was stoned almost dead once and so forth. His own brethren. And he said, I would become a curse for them. He didn't despise them. When he received the Holy Spirit, he loved them. He wanted to save them. Don't isolate yourself. Go to them, kind. Paul would be made a curse himself because it was the Spirit of Christ that was in him that was cursed and hang on a tree for his own. And we find out what a difference between this young man, the rich ruler, the businessman, and Paul. Paul had to give up his education, all of his theology. That he had learned through years and years of research and teaching. He had to forget it all. He told the Corinthians, I never come to you with smart, high words of wisdom that your faith might be in the wisdom of man, but I come to you through the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. That's the thing we need today, friends. 
That's the policy I'm talking about. I'm some joint church or put your hand on that. Nothing against it. That's all right, but this is another hour. That's not what I'm trying to sell you to join some church. I'm trying to tell you that there's a policy and a fountain that's open for sin and uncleanliness. What is sin? Unbelief. Unbelief in what? The Word. He that believeth not is condemned already. Right. Notice, what a rational decision. He's like many people of the day, of popular opinion, this young man was. He went away instead of taking it seriously. He lost his policy. Now we're closing. Did he then bad luck turn on him? No. Good luck turned to him. We find the next place. He had so much money till he had to rebuild his barns. And he even said, soul, take thy rest. Now we find out in there he was no bad fella. When they had a bazaar, a church party or something, the poor spirit laid at the gate that was a policy holder that he had turned down. He swept him a few crumbs and gave him some missionary offering or something. He was no bad fella. He swept off the crumbs to them that were persecuted. He said, oh, I've attended one of their meetings. I guess it's all right. There's really nothing I can say against them people. Sweep off a few crumbs, but that didn't work. Finally, his payoff came. And remember, friend, the payoff's coming to me and to you. It's coming to all of us. I want you to think real seriously now in closing. His payoff came. Certainly, he had a great funeral service. No doubt. Some well-trained clergyman come and spoke. No matter, I guess, he had the Christian businessman for pallbearers. He had the celebrity of the country out. Maybe a, a government official that they half-masked the flag for him. All the dignitaries was there. And the pastor, no doubt, or the man, priest, whatever preached his funeral, preached this, such a, a sermon that would touch the people with how great this man was, even to the poor in the street. He gave. Oh, our brothers in heaven today, but Jesus said he lifted up his eyes in hell and saw the policyholder of eternal life far off in the bosoms of Abraham that had tucked away with the Lord's despised few. And Jesus said, Blessed are you when man shall persecute you. In the fifth chapter of Matthew, say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is a kingdom. Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. And you're the policyholder of eternal life, yet he remained a member of the church. Now notice, you say, did he? Yes. How can you prove that, preacher? Here it is. He said, Father Abraham, Father Abraham, I pray thee to send that policyholder down here. With just a little water, these flames are tormenting. Watch Abraham, son, a professed Christian, professed believer, as we would call it. You had your opportunity. You was offered the opportunity of the policy of eternal life, which would give you the assurance of coming here, but you, you turn it away. You wouldn't take it. And now, this man, poor, yet he accepted it. Now, he's comforted, and now you are the beggar. Oh, don't let this happen to you, friends. Don't, don't, don't make that same mistake. The way the assurance can come is by Christ. The assurance that you're saved, that you're a policyholder. Now, if you haven't got that, why not take it? You might think, well, as this young fellow said this morning, I, I walked into the places and they all, I was a great businessman and bowed and things like that. Don't look at that. A young player just recently took a trip to Russia. He was a singer. And he certainly uh, 
made a, a great hit with the Russians. And uh, so all the people were clapping and going on like that when the young man had uh, played his music. And they were so elated, they stomped their feet and clapped. But the young man never paid attention to all the applauding. And so they wondered why. So again, they thought maybe he doesn't understand. So they all clapped their hands again real loud and applauded him. They, he had done a wonderful work. But they noticed he, he, again, he didn't notice their applauding. And they noticed he kept his eyes up in the balcony all the time. Come to find out the master that had trained him. He wasn't caring what the people said. He was looking what the master had to say about it. And I think today, friends, instead of sticking our chest out and saying we belong to church, let's take a look up and see what the master says about it. Let's bow our heads just a Just give place just a moment or two. I wondered this morning, with all sincerity now, without any disturbance, think just a moment. Have you got this great blessing? Do you hold this policy of life, the witness of the Holy Spirit that your life has turned into Christ and Christ is in you? As I said in the message, if Beethoven was in you, you'd do the works of Beethoven. You'd live the life of Beethoven. You couldn't do nothing else. You could do nothing else but compose songs. And you'd be the great writer, Beethoven, because he's in you. That's who you'd be. You'd be a reincarnate Beethoven. And if Christ is in you, the life of Christ you will be. The lover of the Word. Nothing can stand and take the place of the Word because he is the Word. He can't deny his own Word and remain God. And you have not received Christ in your heart. You belong to church. Uh, Certainly, I have nothing against church and against the great institutions and organizations and the systems. But I'm trying to say that isn't the answer. It's been proven it isn't the answer. Christ is the answer. The person Christ. And if you have not received him into your life this morning, and you'd like for us to remember you in prayer, I wonder if you would just humbly, we have no place for altar call. But, you know, if you, I believe if you'd just stand up. You know, and say, pray for me. Just as you stand up and I'll offer prayer. If you believe that God will hear my prayer, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and you're sincere in that, I believe that he will hear it. Mm-hmm. And you are in the halls and crowded around the doors and things, no matter where you're at, in the balconies, on the steps, if you'll just say, I want Christ to remember me now, that I want his life in mine. I'm sure by my action. Uh, I'm sure by the way I think and the things I do that I want to be like that. But I haven't yet come to that place. I, I really want this policy, Brother Branham. 
Truly, I want it. And you, you asked him if I can have it. I'm ready to receive it. Mm. Would you just stand to your feet and so I can pray with you? Just, uh, God bless you. God bless you. That's right. Just, just remain standing just a moment. Just remain, stand up. You say, I'm, I'm interested, Brother Branham. I, I've got a soul. I, I, I've got to leave. I may leave yet today. And what is it going to do me any good if I am not filled with that life? Because remember, any other life has to perish. It had a beginning. You say, well, I've been a member of a certain church for years. That's very good. I appreciate that. But that's not what I'm talking about right now. Are you a holder of eternal life? Would you just stand up in the balconies around the front and the light and left? God bless you. Stand up. You, it's already standing in the halls. If you just raise up your hand. So some identification, something that you can do to throw yourself into emotion. I've accepted it myself that morning. God bless you. All right. Around on the stairs and wherever you are, just raise your hand. Say, remember me, Brother Branham. I, I'm, I truly want eternal life. Now think real close. This, this might be the time that it will all be settled. I'll, I'll be sincere, friends. This is life to me. And I, I, I know that it's right. It's right. Would there be some more? It just seems like there was more than that held their hands a while ago. Now, if you're not sure, would you just do that much to stand up on your feet and say, remember me in your prayer, Brother Branham, as you're praying. All right. How many more? Stand right up on your feet, no matter who you are. Just stand up and say, pray for me, brother. God bless you. I see you through the balconies and around. Are you sure that's all? God bless you. Another group raised up. Would there be some more now? Just raise to your feet. Say, now, I know we're late, and the Holy Spirit interrupted us a few times, but that's wonderful. We'd like for the Holy Spirit to do that. See, as long as he's bringing his word, that shows that not only my word, but it's his too. All right. Now, let's raise up. See, everybody that hasn't been filled with the Holy Spirit that you know... There's no evidence in your life that you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you want this. Now, you might be a fine, loyal member of a church. And that, oh, I appreciate that. Certainly, you just continue right on in your church. That's right. Because the sleeping virgin's coming up now. You see that. And you remember, Jesus said, when the sleeping virgin, the one that tried to live a good life within their self, they was a virgin, but they didn't have any oil. Oil symbolizes the Spirit. That's why we anoint oil. The oral symbolizes the Spirit. They were good people, fine people, members of fine Methodist, Baptist, Lutheran, all kinds of churches. But they had no oral. And they come in the last watch, the seventh church age, to buy oral. And while they were in process of buying oil, what happened? The bridegroom came. Now, that was just read in the scripture a while ago by this notable minister here. And don't you see, was there ever a time down through the age of Pentecostals, down through the ages, there's never been a time that the Methodist, Baptist, and Presbyterian has cried out for the Holy Spirit like they're doing now. See? And when they do, what is that? He come right then. That was the hour of his coming. And right while they, all these brethren and churches are hungry, they has got this virgin rises, you know, in the last day in the judgment, the white throne, but not the bride. Now, if you have no oil in your lamp, while the doors of mercy I trust is still open... Won't you rise and say, remember me, Brother Branham. In doing that, it'll symbolize to God. I, I, my oil is, is not in my lamp, Brother Branham. I, I believe in Christ. I certainly I do. I've been a member for a long time, but really to say my life is filled with that lovely Holy Spirit and everything's different and I'm a new creature. I'm not that way, Brother Branham. You pray for me. God bless you now. There's many, many standing in the balconies and everywhere. Now, I want you ministering brethren here, my, my precious brethren, to... Pray with me now as we pray. Each one of you. How did you stand up while you stood? See, you are alive. Something's in you. If there was no life, you could not stand up. And according to science, see, gravitation would hold you down. But a, a spirit 
within you made a decision by the witness of another spirit, a life, that says, you need me. And you stood up, you defied the laws of nature by standing up as a witness. Jesus said, he that will witness me otherwise before man, him will I witness before my Father and the holy angels. Now, you're needing the Holy Ghost. Now, if some of you people are standing near these people that's standing, at, you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Would you, I can't reach them, all we have at the time. On the balconies in everywhere, would you just raise over and put your hands on them? See, in a memorial, you know, they, when Philip went down to preach to the Samaritans, they had not received the Holy Ghost as yet, see. Only Philip had baptized them in the name of Jesus Christ. But the Holy Ghost had not come upon them, and Peter and Philip went down, or Peter and John went down and preached and laid hands upon them. And the Holy Ghost came on them. Now, you believers that's received the Holy Ghost, look who's standing up all around you. Then lay your hands over on them as a commemoration that you are a believer. Touch their hand or something while we pray. Don't doubt. Believe now. It's not an emotion. It's the sweetness of the Holy Ghost that comes down and fills every life. Now, they're in your hands. You've made a contact with them. Just like... When you put your hands, the Jew put his hand up on the sacrifice to connect himself with the sacrifice. One day you laid your hands upon Jesus and connected yourself with the sacrifice. The life of the sacrifice has come back on you, which I may be speaking tonight at the church, the token. And it's up on you now. And you've connected yourself with this man or woman who wants to believe. Just stand right up now and lay your hands on those who wish to receive it. That's right. God bless you. What a wonderful time. Now, don't doubt. Don't be in no hurry. Just remember, pray for this person. You pray too. Say, Lord Jesus, my poor hearts are hungry. I, I want you in my heart. I want you in my life. Fill me, Lord. I'm here Jesus. ready. Jesus. Our Heavenly Father, as many are on their feet, they signify by this that they want life. And life comes only through obedience to Christ. Now, he is life. He has a condition that we must meet. And by meeting this condition, as we think of Abraham, he believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And after it was imputed unto him for righteousness, God gave him the seal of circumcision as a confirmation that he had received his faith. Many of these people profess to have faith, but they haven't been sealed yet by the Holy Ghost. And now they're standing, Lord, as a commemoration that they do believe. Now seal them, Lord, with the Holy Ghost. May it fall upon them and seal every heart here. Just now, may the Holy Ghost fall in this ballroom just at this time. And Satan, you get out of their life. Turn them loose and may the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ come upon these people just now. And may they be filled with the power and resurrection of Jesus Christ. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy word. We pray as we are faced with the choice, Lord, of choosing to follow Thee or follow the world, help us to make an investment that pays the greatest interest, an investment in eternal life. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. 
So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. Though we've been 
various trials that the genuineness of our faith may be tried for at the end of our faith we receive salvation for our souls a glorious body a son in the image of the world united with the orphany will be one with the living God oh Lord I feel the pull inside of my celestial home the deep in me is drawing me to that eternal place oh, I feel the pull inside of my celestial home the deep in me is drawing me to that eternal Eternal place. 